0: Less than a month after the New York Times reported this summer that New York City had implemented a $432 million no-bid contract With a medical services firm to help handle its influx of migrants, including sending hundreds to communities outside of the five boroughs, the firm, DocGo, has come under an investigation by the state attorney general's office. To understand how we got to this point, we're joined on the Capitol Press Room by Jay Root, an investigative reporter here in Albany for the New York Times who's been driving the coverage of the government's response to this crisis. Welcome to the show, Jay. About time you had me on, Dave. (laughs) Well, we wanted to make sure you weren't just going to be here, you know, briefly overnight and then flee back to Texas uh, before you really got situated. I'm here for the long haul. Well, that's great. And I think the other benefit is the reporting, which has been excellent in such a short term. And let's jump right into what you've been highlighting, which is this company, DocGo. So before receiving a contract to help New York City with the influx of migrants, what kind of work did they do?
1: Well, they didn't have a whole lot of work in the migrant space. What really boosted their earnings a lot in New York was the, the pandemic. They, DocGo is sort of like docs on the go, doctors on the go. It's a mobile, it's kind of like Uber plus ambulance kind of, you know, that's the way they, they build it as like a high-tech sort of ambulance solution. But they made a, quite a lot of money with also um, emergency contracts, no-bid contracts, Um during the pandemic, doing COVID testing and vaccinations.
0: Well, what are the services DocGo has been tasked by New York City to provide to migrants starting in May of this year? Well, before that, they got into the migrant space
1: in September of last year okay. when thousands of migrants started arriving from the southern border, a lot of them being bused here by the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, so they started doing kind of triage at the Port Authority in Manhattan in Midtown. And then they recently, you know, and we we know that as of May 5th, which was also happened to be the day that Mayor Eric Adams said, We've got to do this decompression strategy, we're going to start busing migrants upstate. And that's that's also the effective date of this four hundred and thirty-two million dollar contract, no-bid contract, with HPD Housing Preservation and Development Department in New York City, and they are tasked with sort of triage at the, the Hercs, these emergency centers um, that are they're receiving migrants, these shelters. And the Roosevelt Hotel, which is the main intake center, the arrival center, they handle the intake process. they're, they're, they're largely administering what happens at the Roosevelt Hotel. And they're also in charge of this program busing migrants upstate. And so they get these hotels, they line up the hotels, they provide caseworkers. There's some question about the medical part of it, um, which is actually interesting. You, you mentioned the AG investigation, and there's a line in that letter that I found. And this fine. is a letter
0: the attorney general's office sent to Go.
1: Correct. This, this one line, everything else I knew about in terms of what had been reported, I mean, we had reported on all this other stuff that triggered this investigation, but one that caught my eye was, that they were alleged to have enrolled migrants in a health care plan for which they were not eligible. And that's, that's a new piece of this. So there's, there's a question that the Times Union had some good reporting around this. There seems to be a gap in what we're told, that we're told they give medical services, but exactly what those medical services look like and what the migrants are actually getting, it, there, there's, that's where some of the questions are, are arising right now.
0: So that reference in the letter that you just shared, does that mean that DOTGO is signing people up for Medicaid or other public uh, insurance programs administered by the state or federal
1: government? We, we do know that Anthony Capone, the CEO of DOTGO, said on a Zoom call, a recording of which um, I got, I got a copy of this recording, and he says on this Zoom call that a very large number of people are being signed up for emergency Medicaid. Now, that's not overwhelmingly surprising because if you have an emergency, no matter what your status is, you can get treatment. And, you know, Medicaid can be a payer in that sense. But there's somewhere in there that the AG is looking at, and, and I'm, I'm very interested in that.
0: Well, let's rewind to the performance of DocGo leading up to this letter from the AG's office. How would you describe their overall performance. For example, do municipalities and the migrants who are utilizing these services seem satisfied with the work of DotGo?
1: No, there was quite a lot of blowback in in Albany in particular, mm-hmm. with the county executive Dan McCoy, with the uh, mayor of Albany Kathy Sheehan. They held a press conference that was basically just. I think one of the headlines that I saw was, you know, local officials blast go. They were very upset with the level of communication they're getting. And one of the big complaints was people arrive here in Albany, and, and it's similar in, in Schenectady County as well, in Rotterdam. There were some issues there. And I've heard some of there, – there have been some complaints in Buffalo as well. But the big problem or one of the big problems is the migrants get on a bus in, you know, at the Roosevelt Hotel in Midtown Manhattan, let's say, and they're sent here, and people on the ground that are here to help receive them and try to help take care of their needs only get the most basic information. Like we've got 30 people on the bus, 20 of them are Spanish speakers, 8 of them speak Arabic, and 2 of them speak Wolof, you know, for example. And they're men or they're, you know, what whatever the mix, the, the, the sort of demographic is, but no names, no A number, you know, alien number that they get when they mm-hmm. cross into the United States that would help people begin providing service to them and, and figure out what they're eligible for and figure out what their needs are. And so that's one of the things that that I'm told that .go is working on is to try to get some kind of – and this was something that early on the advocates and the local government officials were saying, have them sign a waiver. Can they not, you know, sign a waiver – there's got to be some way where we can get this either government to government or some kind of way we can get this data, and they are actually finally working on that now, I'm told. You heard a lot of complaints about food as well. I mean, some of the people that I talked to just couldn't eat it, and they're talking about changing the food vendors. People didn't have ways to get around to some of their their appointments, at the, whether they're doctor's appointments or they're trying to get to some – appointment with you know ICE to check-ins or whatever and they were having trouble with transportation so people were left without that people complaining about not being able to get medical care despite the fact that this is a medical services company that is supposed to be providing some type of medical care. and, and again, the, the definitions of w- what they're actually doing we haven't seen the contract. that's another thing, another big complaint. Kathy Hochold was trying her office was trying to get the contract. Her Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance was trying to get the contract, and they couldn't get it. And they said, you know, if we have to, we'll take other measures, whatever that means. That's what this agency said in correspondence to .go. And then my own experience, I think, at the Ramada, I stayed two days at the Ramada where some of the migrants are staying, and, and that was quite an experience.
0: Do you want to elaborate on anything that stood out from that experience, especially as it pertained to interacting with people who were either hired directly by .go or subcontractors of .go or from migrants who had stories to tell about .go?
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the thing that really came through is that almost everyone I talked to, like the well over 80% of the people that I talked to, the migrants that I talked to, said that they were basically fed a raft of lies to come here, to come to Albany and you know the issue is we don't know exactly who it was who told them because they didn't know who who it was it was some authority figure in new york city the the number one thing they want to do is work they want to work and so that's what they were told they were told that if you get on this bus and come to albany you're going to get help finding a job and we're going to get you a job or we're going to find you know you're you're going to get help getting a job to get an id to get your paperwork your legal help with your asylum cases. And then when they came to Albany, none of that happened. That was the biggest complaint that I got. And then the other thing that happened when I got there was, it, it was a very strange experience because yeah, I basically checked into the hotel, into the Ramada. You, you, I don't know if they're still allowing this, but I was just able to just book a room. And I, I walked in around, I don't know, 5.30 p.m. on a Thursday And said, you know, I'm checking in. I go check in. I go uh, see migrants sort of milling around in the hallway. And I struck up a conversation with a Venezuelan migrant. And just two or three minutes into my conversation, a security guard came over to me and said, you know, who are you? What are you doing? I said, I'm Jay Root. I'm a reporter from The New York Times. He said, well, I'm going to have to ask you to leave right, you know, immediately. And I said, well, I'm staying here. And that was, like, really throwing a whole wrench in didn't. They didn't know what to do with me. And he was like, wait right here. And after a while, I, you know, I kept waiting there. I said, look, here's my business card. I'm going to my room. And if you need to talk to me, you know, call me or whatever, you know, and we'll see. And, and they, based, they dispatched the security team, dispatched two security guards, and they posted themselves on either side of my door. And at one point, I was looking through the peephole, and I saw a guy like down on the ground trying to listen to see if I was in my room. And they 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 followed me around the entire time, and 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 told the migrants that they were going to be that they would be kicked out of the program if they kept talking to me. All of which is is not true. I mean, none of that's true. The the in fact that this is in the letter from the A.G. in which the Civil Rights Bureau told Dot Go to let them know within. Within five business days, that they have, quote, ceased any efforts to impose limitations on migrants' movement, or restrictions on migrants' ability to speak or interact with others. And this corroborates too what City Hall was telling me. Like, no, there's no rule that they can't speak to the media. But I can promise you, at that at the Ramada Inn when I was there, they were under orders from Doc. They told me they were under orders from doc- Go to stop me from interviewing people.
0: Well, in addition to the State Attorney General's Office, as well as the State Office of Temporary and Disability Assistance and the HOCO administration, are there any other government entities that should be sticking their nose into the contract for DotGo or the conduct for DotGo? For example, does the New York City Comptroller's Office have any sort of oversight of this contract and its implementation? They do.
1: They, they, have, they have oversight over one of the DOTGO contracts, the main one that we wrote about, the $432 million contract, because it's a city agency. And, they, and these contracts have to be registered. And then when they're registered, the comptroller has, I think, 30 days. I, I may be wrong about the time period, but they have a certain amount of time to review the contract. And they can't just go, you know, we don't like these contractors. We're going to say no. They, they they have a very limited scope about what they can do, but they have to make sure that that things were done correctly. Um, and that I'm told that process has begun with the New York City controller, but we, we quoted Brad Lander, the New York City controller, saying that um, there needs to be more transparency here, and he's been critical of the basically the overuse of emergency procurement. Um, and, you know, this emergency has been going on for over a year now. It was, it was August 1 of last year that Eric Adams declared this an emergency, and we're still – I get it. It, is, it, it, it's, it does feel like there's some emergency-type things happening here, but that's a long time. A year is a long time, and you do wonder, is there any way that you could start maybe competitive bidding now?
0: And is there an expectation that bidding of a competitive nature would have produced different results? Or is this type of challenge, the scope of this work, something where most firms are unaccustomed with it and are going to be overwhelmed with it the way .go appears to have been?
1: It's a very good question. I mean, I think that one of the the central criticisms that has come out of this effort uh, or this whole contract in these stories is that you have a a company that did really didn't have any experience in immigration issue and matters. Now, is there a company that can do a turnkey like that? I'm not sure, but one of the criticisms that we heard was, well, why aren't you just contracting with, for example, in Albany, there are a lot of nonprofits that are in this space that do this kind of thing. And one of the big problems here, the, the, one of the big problems that I see is that these people really need lawyers. That's that's one of the big needs, the unmet needs, and that's not, they're not putting a whole lot of money into that. They're putting some money into that, and I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, Governor Hochul recently announced that she was kicking in some more money for state money for to hire lawyers, and I know that they also do that in New York City, but the demand is huge for lawyers. The, these, these asylum applications are very complicated, and it, a lot of these people, most of them don't speak English or they don't speak English well. And uh, some of them don't speak it at all. And so and, and it's also extremely complicated. It's an extremely complicated area of the law. You have to have special expertise even as a lawyer to be able to, to navigate the asylum system. And they have a year to do it and it's very critical that they get this in. And then once they do get their the paperwork in, once you do file an asylum claim Uh, your application for asylum, then you have 180 days to wait and then you can get a work, then you can get work authorization. But until that clock starts ticking, you know, you you don't have it. And, and, and so um, the, I I think everybody sort of agrees it, it, you know, the, from the dot go local officials and advocates that, that, that if these people had work permits it we would be talking about it would be a completely different dynamic.
0: Well, finally, how has the administration of New York City Mayor Eric Adams responded to the controversy surrounding DocGo? Have they indicated any concerns of their own? Are they satisfied with the experience of DocGo, or have they been mostly silent about
1: it? We actually did get something new on this very recently, A spokeswoman uh, for the mayor said, quote, we take all recent allegations extremely seriously. If requested, we will cooperate with the attorney general's office to ensure that all city contractors meet the expectations set forth. That was a little stronger than what um, Eric Adams said when we asked him about it, I think, the day of or the day after our story published uh, in late July the first story on the 432 million dollar contract and he said you know i still have confidence in these guys like you know obviously we'll look at anything that needs to be looked at but they're doing a good job and they helped us during the pandemic um and you know we have a good uh, working relationship with them so this was a little this,
0: this latest uh statement from a spokeswoman was a little stronger well we've been speaking with jay root he's an investigative reporter for the new york times based here in albany Jay, thank you so much for making the time, and congrats on the great work. Thanks for having me. Support for the Capitol Press Room provided by the New York State AFL-CIO, a federation of 3,000 unions fighting for working people by keeping New York State Union strong. Visit unionstrongny.org for more information. Join us again for Capital Press Room, a production of WCNY Connected, Syracuse.